The first Old Testament reading is taken from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 5. Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 5. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her heart service has been completed that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, in the wilderness prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rough place a plain and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. The second Old Testament reading is taken from Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 9. Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem, see, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. This is the word of the Lord. The New Testament reading is taken from Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 to 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, Say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophets. Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt, and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is the word of the Lord. Well, this morning is uh, children's leading church morning. So would you be okay if I stand down here instead of going up there? Is that Okay. I didn't ask the adults. <laughs> Are you guys okay with that? 
Can you show me how you wave the palms? Oh, that's pretty weak. You got more? That's pretty good. Now, I, I just want to take just a couple minutes and talk to you basically about the Bible verses that we've been reading. The Bible verses that we've been reading, remember, they're about Jesus. And at Christmas time, we celebrate the moment that Jesus comes into this earth. And he's born, God, God the Son, as that child. But these events don't celebrate the Christmas events. They start when Jesus is going to be leaving this world. We call it Easter. And this is the first Sunday before all of these events that are going to happen that Easter concludes. So Jesus has come, and now Jesus is starting to go. And the first thing he does as he starts to go is he comes into Jerusalem like this, riding on a donkey. Now, anybody here who's ridden on a donkey? No. Oh, wait a minute. We do have a few. Look at that. Some of these adults have ridden on donkeys. That's absolutely wonderful. You know, what this had a very special meaning, because if you read all of the verses that Matthew writes about that, in the first, it was only 11 verses, he tells the whole account. But in the first seven verses, he writes again and again about finding the donkey. It's really an odd piece of scripture in that sense. Why does he take over half the time to tell us about how they found the donkey? It seems unusual in a sense, except for as God's Holy Spirit was inspiring him to write, he then wrote because he wanted us to also focus upon this very thing. Now, if you come and you have dinner tonight, and just say that someone puts a plate of food in front of you, and that plate has on it vegetables, and more vegetables, and green vegetables, and red vegetables, and then a little bit of something else here. If almost the whole plate is covered with vegetables, what do you think the point of the plate is? What is it? Vegetables. Vegetables, that's right. <laughs> Absolutely. And as, as Matthew has written this for us, he makes it very clear, the emphasis here, is they found what Jesus sent them to find, the donkey. But he doesn't leave it there. Because what he's saying is, he says in verse 4, this all took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. In other words, when the adults and the disciples and the people saw what was happening, they should have realized that this is something from God, that this is this prophecy being fulfilled. They should have known, and as they saw it happen, then of course, they needed to respond. And so here it is, he says to them, this is what the prophecy says. And look what it says, it's been read to us once. 
Say to the daughter of Zion, see your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. In other words, this main idea was there is coming a day when coming into this city, there is going to be one riding on a donkey who's going to be the king. And look, as he comes, the people, remember just briefly before this, Jesus has been doing miracles. He's fed 5,000. He's fed 4,000. He's raised Lazarus from the dead. And people understand, this is not just a normal prophet. This is someone very special. And all of a sudden, as he is coming into the city, what they need to understand is, this is the king. This is God in the person of Jesus coming. And so they do. And look what they say. And so the disciples, as they brought back this colt, this, this donkey, then they put their coats on them that Jesus could ride. And as was just explained to us about how the palm leaves were put down and the cloaks were put down, that's also a symbol in that culture that the one who's coming is worthy. Do you remember that old, I think it's actually a, a British story, about how a man and a lady were out in the evening? And just like yesterday, remember how it rained yesterday? And remember what happened? What, do you remember how that goes? And they came to the place and... Oops, I just did something that I shouldn't have done. Thank you, Lord, that it didn't break. Now, you'll have to imagine that I take my coat. I remember it was raining, and they came to a place in the street. Maybe, you haven't, maybe they haven't told you this story yet. Very interesting story. My mother always told it to me, how I needed to remember that the man and the lady came to the street and there was a puddle of water. And the man took off his coat and laid it across the water and asked the lady to walk over the coat so she didn't get wet. My mother thought I should do that. I've often thought, why? And then I finally, as I got older, understood what she was trying to teach me was because the one who needed to walk, he felt that she was so worthy. He laid his coat down. And what the people here are doing is, the one who's coming is so worthy. It's Jesus. It's God. And what they do is they lay their coats all down that he can then ride across them. And just by doing that, they're acknowledging that they believe that he is real and that he's the king. And so they do that. But then listen to what they then start shouting. They shout this. Uh, they say, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna. How many know what Hosanna means? There's a word in the Bible very similar called hallelujah. Does anyone here know what hallelujah means? Yeah? No? Yes? Hallelujah. Anybody have a guess? It's kind of like praise God. But Hosanna means something different. Hosanna means help me or save me. And so really what the people are crying out when they see Jesus come is they're crying out to him, save me, help me. 
and they are speaking in this way to the son of David. They cry out to him, help me, son of David. That means he's the title that God has promised that through David, he will send one to redeem his people. And so he comes. And this is the one they are acknowledging that God has fulfilled this prophecy and he comes. Then, secondly, they say not only that, but blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In other words, they're acknowledging that all of the authority of God is coming as Jesus comes. This is God's plan. And then finally, they say, Hosanna in the highest heaven. In other words, help us not just from here, but this is God's plan. This is the way God is working by sending Jesus and now Jesus is coming and they're acknowledging you're the one who was promised. You're the one who can help us. You're the one who can save us. And here he comes and they say this is what God has planned. Because Jesus himself just a few times before this, a short time before this as he's speaking he himself will say, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And so Jesus comes and they celebrate his coming. Now, in it he says, he's riding a donkey and he's gentle. Because at this time that means he comes as a, as a king of peace. In that time when this happened, and in the Old Testament you'll read, kings come on donkeys only if they're coming for peace. If they ride on a horse, they're coming for war. And at the very end of the Bible, it also gives us a picture in Revelation chapter 19 of Jesus coming on a white horse. At that time, Jesus comes as the final king to judge the whole world and to put right what is ever wrong, to take care of evil. But this time he's coming because he is this one of peace and he is expressing to them, this is that moment. But then you see the final verses there say, and when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? It almost seems as what Matthew is writing to us, all of this happened. You see, this was a moment in history that will never be repeated. This is one of those times that only happens once for all of eternity. Jesus only came once, was only born once. Jesus only comes as the king entering Jerusalem this way only once. Jesus will only go to the cross one time and die. This is an event that is never to be repeated. And what Matthew wants us to get a hold of, I think, as he's written it this way, is right at that moment when we found these donkeys, when he came, we shouted, that was God's moment for us. And so it was amazing and good. Then, finally it says to us, they answered and said, this is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Very simply, when God comes, it usually means we need to make a choice. If you talk to your family and your 
mom or father, someone older, you'll find, just ask them, if you go home, you ask them this question for me, okay? When did God ever speak to you? What did that mean? Well, I can see some parents already getting a very interesting look. But do it, you see, because you want to know you see, when God comes and speaks, have you ever been doing something and, you know, maybe pushing on your brother? My, young, my brother, now I'm very old, but I had a brother and both he and I were, he was five years younger. And you know what I could try to do? I would sometimes try to get him to do the things that I wouldn't want to do myself. And then mom would come in and, ooh, Chuck, what are you doing? And I would just smile. That was bad of me. And there came a day when God's began to speak to me. But we need, you see, when Jesus begins to speak, and if you sense sometime that we know maybe that wasn't the right thing, maybe that wasn't what God wanted, and then as we just simply in our heart pray and ask God to work in that way, how God works in us. And may I just say to the adults who are here, we celebrate today an event that only happened once in history. But it's the king who came. And may I just ask you today, is Jesus literally king in your life? Have you ever answered that question? When he came, and he came this time as a servant. When he comes again, it's a king. And by the time he comes again, all of us will have needed to have made that decision. And to just put it off is actually making a decision by default. He is coming again. And sometimes we say, well, how in the world, what can I do if he is God and he is coming? You know, just the final thing that Matthew writes just before this is another account in the chapter. If you just read the verses before, it's about two men who are blind. And if you read the verses, it cries out and the men... They use the same words that they did here. They hear Jesus and his disciples walking by and they shout out, Son of David, have mercy on us. See, they're blind. And the people around them say, Stop, don't bother Jesus. And he shouts out, they shout out even louder, Son of David, using the same term, You who have come from God, have mercy on us. And you know what Jesus does? It always touches me deeply. Because sometimes we think maybe God doesn't have time for us. It says, Jesus stopped. And he said, who are they? And he said to them, what do you want me to do for you? What would you answer if God asked you? What would you want me to do for you? And what they said, because they were blind, we want to see and then Matthew writes two words that describe the heart of God that are deep and helpful. He said he had compassion. He loved them. He felt for them. And then he came, and it says literally, God came and touched them and healed them. And from that, I take wherever we are today as Jesus has come as king, and we think, well, how do we bring that into our life? Sometimes we must just simply ask him, as the son of David, as the king, as the one who's come. 
and share with him the things that are really on our heart, the things that have actually hit us this last week very firmly. The things that maybe we don't know what we should do with. Those are the things that God can really touch and change and move in our hearts and lives. How do we know we'll do it? When two blind men shouted at the top of their voice, Jesus stopped. He turned. And he came to them and asked them, what do you want me to do? And I don't know if it was far or near that he came, but the Bible says he literally reached out and touched them. And if that is God as he walked upon the face of the earth, that is also the same God whom we serve today. Because we cry to him, will answer us. So let's just pray together and ask God's blessing upon our time. Father, thank you again for this opportunity and thank you for this special service and for the way the children have been able to lead and guide us in it. And Lord, we thank you that you love us, but Lord, you also have told us that we need to respond to you as your children. And so that's what we do this morning. We worship you and we thank you. And I pray for each one, particularly each young person, each child who's here this morning, that your hand will be upon their lives and that they too will recognize the moment that Christ comes and speaks with them. And whatever you would be doing in the providential way you work in their lives, that your spirit will work in their hearts and minds that all of a sudden they would see, they would recognize and they would respond to you. And for each of us who are older, Lord, may we also find and experience you. I pray for your blessing upon each one now. In the name of Jesus, amen.